everybody, I'm Dr. Deb, and welcome to another episode of PTSD and Beyond. Welcome to the PTSD and Beyond podcast, where we give you insights into post-traumatic stress, trauma recovery, healing, and beyond. I'm Dr. Deb Lind, and in each episode, I have a conversation with a guest who will stimulate your mind, touch your heart, and connect with your spirit, and also give you a greater understanding of yourself and others on this healing and recovery journey walked by so many of us before, wounded healers with lived experience and heroes. Hopefully, we'll also provide a glimpse into possibilities and purpose, hope, and inspiration. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. One last thing, guys, before we dive into today's episode, if you'd like an ad-free experience and like early access to new episodes and special events, I want to let you know you can join us at patreon.com. That is patreon.com forward slash PTSD and beyond. All right, let's do it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Deb here with PTSD and beyond. Today's guest is an author of the book, Loving Her, 10 Loving Standards to Call Forward the Wealthy Woman Inside You, Rebecca Weiner McGregor. She is an amplifier of love, a catalyst for breakthroughs, and she shares her gifts of transformational hypnotism, as well as money mindset coaching. She has assisted over the last 18 years, hundreds of women to live their truth and to step into their purpose and to understand how to create the life of their dreams. She finds a deeper sense of self-worth and determination living life on her own terms and using that self-worth determination as fuel to create a life for herself and her clients that they've always been dreaming of with a deeper connection of more joy impact, and more fun. How about that? More fun. Rebecca is going to share with us today too about the spirituality of healing. And what exactly does that mean? Spirituality of healing. And what happens when we get attached to judgment, emotion, as well as fear? Guys, let's give a heartfelt welcome to Rebecca Weiner McGregor. Hi, thanks, Dr. Deb. I'm so <laughs> glad to be here with you. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you here to talk about like your story and the stuff that you're doing with people. And, you know, we're neighbors, so we were in a snowstorm yeah. right now. And we were talking about that. And I'm wondering, with the snowstorm especially, people now are home and it gives people a space to think about things. Mm -hmm. So talk with us a little bit about yourself, the work that you do, as well as right now is a really good pause for people to think about spirituality and healing. And what does that mean for an individual that's going on this journey? Yeah. I think just diving into that, the solitude of, of snowstorms and being with ourselves, some people can't stand it, mm -hmm. right? Some people really struggle being with themselves and they need a lot of outside input. And when we're forced to be with ourselves, we can really begin to see the quality of the relationship that we have with ourselves. And I'm not saying like judge yourself about that. 
Yeah. But like, look at the data. And when when we experienced the lockdown with the pandemic, I, one of the things mm-hmm. that surprised me was the amount of the the pause is what you're referring to is like yeah. we have a chance right now to really reflect about what's important to us and some of the outcomes that I saw were that people really did do that reflection piece. Maybe a listener is not experiencing the snowstorm, but they're here present with us right now. So this is a really good moment for people to identify, you know, some key things. What do you think would be a question to ask, you know, a person asks themselves to begin that process? How, how do I feel right now? What's going on in my physical body? Am I holding tension in places? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking right now? And what what are the quality of the thoughts? Is Are the thoughts beneficial to me or are they not so beneficial? And often when we spend time just asking that very question and being really honest with the answer, that we can begin to A, develop a beautiful relationship with ourselves and B, start to create some massive shifts, just incremental to a few degrees here and there, but Mm -hmm. get us moving in a completely different, maybe more beneficial, mostly more beneficial direction when we tune into ourselves. How did you start getting involved in the work that you do? I mean, you've got an extensive background in hypnosis as well as healing. You know, there's energy practice, there's working with the energy of money and finance, which is really, I mean, that is a key topic for women, especially, and not saying that it's not for other folks, but I feel sometimes with uh, women that we don't have the same information and we're working harder to understand the, the relationship with money and the energy with money. How did you start getting involved, you know, in, in your own practice? Ever since I was a little kid, people have been asking for advice from me. And so I really loved helping people. And I loved watching them feel better once they made a decision about something or created a shift about something. And when I was in high school, some difficulty happened in our family. It's not my story specifically, so I'm not going to share that. But it was very painful for our whole family. And we were in family therapy together. And it was it was awful. We were all pretending that things were fine, even though they clearly, there was a lot of evidence that they were not fine. Mm -hmm. And I thought being in my major egocentric state of being 17, 18 years old, there has to be a better way. I have to figure out a better way to do this. And so I thought I was going to go to school to become a psychiatrist. And um, I was going to just revolutionize family therapy and all this stuff, right? Lots of plans. And um, the day that school started, I didn't go. And I ended up getting a job in corporate banking and was in that field for a really long time. Really mismatched, did not really enjoy my work, but I had great friends. And um, along the way, I got my undergrad in psychology and was working on graduate studies in health psychology. And one of my friends came to work and said, what do you know about hypnosis? And there were two paragraphs in a psych book once, and that was it. And I was actually dealing with social anxiety at that time, but I didn't know it was social anxiety. Didn't even recognize that I was dealing with anything. But at that time I said, Oh, that's interesting. That'd be great. And, um, 
he said, would you want to take the classes with me? And I said, sure. I like mustered up a sure. It was a really big stretch for me at the time. And being in the place of not wanting to take responsibility for things, I said, you find us a great teacher and I'll go with you and we'll learn this together. Well, he found us a fabulous teacher and then he ditched me. And (laughs) for some miracle, I still went. And the work that I did up to that point, you know, preparing for the classes and then going for the weeks of in-person training um, changed my life. It peeled back. I really looked at some of the things that had been holding my heart in a stuck place. Mm-hmm. I released a lot of pain and released a lot of uncertainty and fear and sadness and doubt and blame and all that stuff. A lot of guilt too. And releasing that just, it was like taking um, the sandbags off of a hot air balloon. So free. And I wanted everybody else to get to feel that feeling too. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. The way that you describe the awareness moments, the pieces of awareness, and then the releasing, as well as the the blossoming. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to sh- want to share that with others, I think that I love hearing stories like that because people here in our community are looking for those stories that speak to them, that speak to their heart, if they feel something with it. And one of the things that we talk about here too in our community is that we have different guests that come on. And why we do this is why we have a variety of guests is because there's going to be somebody right now who's listening to what you're saying, Rebecca, and the way that you're saying it, and it speaks to them. So thank you for doing that. I mean, that's beautiful in itself. And the, the world that we're in right now just had this conversation yesterday with somebody who said that they will not listen to the news, that they haven't been watching the news. And I can't remember how many months they said, but they flipped <laughs> on the news and it was like the first three, the first three segments, they were like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm not listening to this anymore because I don't want that negativity permeating within me. You were talking earlier too about, you know, word choices and thought choices. How do we, we actually become aware of the the words and the the messaging, and then the pause to be able to do the work to say, okay, this isn't working for me. And I want to shift to something where I do have that release. What are some things that that you've experienced yourself personally, as well as Mm -hmm. working with clients that maybe can um, help a person with even seeing what that looks like? Yeah. That, that core piece of recognizing, do I feel good right now or do I not feel good? And it doesn't have to be that you're diagnosing yourself or judging yourself, but just noticing what am I feeling? How am I feeling? And how long have I been feeling this? And what kind of thoughts have I been thinking about this? Because once we recognize that we haven't been feeling good for a long time or even a short amount of time, but it feels like a long time to us, Mm -hmm. we can begin to judge ourselves because we know so much and I'm air quoting. We know so many things. We read the books, we take the classes, we listen to the podcasts and we have so much knowledge, but many times we're not fully living it because we're, we're, we're taking in all the information, right? Right. But we're not applying it and being diligent and they're applying it. And that can leave a lot of space. I mean, I've said this to myself 
clients and friends have said it to me. I know this. Why am I not doing the, why am I, why am I still feeling this? If I know this thing mm-hmm. and what I always will recommend is just peeling away that first layer of judgment against yourself, because we have so many things tens, you know, tens of thousands of thoughts every single day. Mm -hmm. And our mind can get so clogged up with thoughts. But if you notice the thoughts that you're having, a huge amount of them are judgment against yourself. And if we release, even decrease the amount of judgment that we have against ourselves, then the thoughts that we have, we're going to have a little spaces between those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And in that we can connect to ourselves, we can connect to our spirituality, we can connect to our higher power and hear inspiration, feel creative and notice solutions, hear the next step of the path and even sometimes just feel appreciation, gratitude for where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the judgment piece, is that something that is is learned externally by environment or is it something that we as a person have created for ourselves or is it a mix? I think there are not many absolutes. So I would say it's a mix Mm -hmm. and judgment comes in. You know, I know that you've talked about this, how you can have someone say something right next to you and you overhear it kind of And it becomes part of your thoughts and part of what you know. And so it becomes part of your belief system. Mm -hmm. And we do this as children, as babies, up to three years old, most of our patterns are formed. Eight years old, a few more crazy patterns have been formed that don't make sense to the adult us, but they make sense for the child us. This must be the way it works in the world. Mm-hmm. And we witnessed other people judging themselves, saying harsh things about themselves, being unkind to one another. Um, even what you referenced earlier, beliefs about money and finance and relationships and trust. We witness so much and we take all of that on as a truth and a truth about us. It's really powerful right there. We take all that on as the truth. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it is true, but we exactly. take it on. And there's an energy with all of those truths, if you will, in air quotes. I love the air quotes yeah. <laughs> because it's it's to be looked at with um, perspective and also in context. Yeah. So when we look at the words and the feelings and the emotions, and let's say that somebody's listening right now and they've identified, you know, this is how I feel. And I know this is how I feel right now. And I know how I want to feel. How can mm-hmm. somebody utilize hypnosis and elements of hypnosis for you know self-practice or even to connect with yourself to do this kind of work? Where does where does hypnosis come in as as a way of of peeling back those layers and, and looking at maybe even the energy within the words and peeling back that energy? Yeah. Okay. So All hypnosis is self-hypnosis, and we are hypnotizing ourselves all the time about what our beliefs are. Everything that we take in, everything that we um, scroll past, everything that we think over and over and over again, we create as a truth. And so paying attention to your thoughts, getting really, really in the noticing place about what your thoughts are is the first 
powerful step because then you can acknowledge, okay, so this thought is must be coming from this kind of belief. Mm-hmm. And is this belief something that I, as an adult, believe to be true still? And if I didn't believe it, what would be another belief that I could have in its place? And you could begin to start to see how things can shift for you just by your, your own awareness. And it really doesn't require any special equipment or any special talents, mm-hmm. just noticing what you're thinking most of the time. Um, I'll have my clients do this too, where I'll have them set alarms, like six alarms during a day and just check in. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? So when the alarm goes off, they head to their journal and they, or put in their notepad and their phone. What am I feeling right now? What am I thinking? What were the thoughts that I was thinking when this was right before this alarm went off and starting to build that awareness. And often people will come to me recognizing that they have be- have a belief very often that they have to figure out how to manage anxiety. Mm-hmm. I want to manage anxiety. I want to try to do it without medicines very often what I hear. And I am not in the business of helping people manage anxiety. I'm in the business of helping them heal the trauma that caused the anxiety. Mm-hmm. So the work that I do allows them to get back to the experiences that created the pain in the first place. Yep. Having them speak their truth about Mm -hmm. the experience and honor the version of themselves that they were when the experience happened through hypnosis, the physical, emotional, and behavioral responses of that experience can be neutralized, which gives us a beautiful space to bring in lots of self-love and self-acceptance. and really acknowledging the self again, instead of disregarding the pain or pushing it away or pretending it didn't happen or thinking, oh my gosh, you were, you were so silly. Why did you feel that way? You know, lots of other ways to feel. Why did you choose to feel that way at that time? Right. Or I should have done this, or I should have done that. And I didn't, or whatever the feeling is. So neutralizing that, the the experience, and then just Bring in so much love, taking the lessons and leaving the pain and then moving forward with the, the true state of who you are, which is love. Bring I like that. that that's, a, that's a really great self quote, taking the lessons and leaving the pain. Yeah. It's such a powerful experience to witness. It's like the, the light comes back into people's eyes. And I, I felt that light myself when I started dealing with the things that I had been holding on to, the pain that was happening in my family, for example, and feeling that the layers of that just being peeled away and setting myself free again to be who I want to be, even thinking about who it was that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And then in that space of self-love and self-acceptance. There's a new discovery. What do I want for the rest of my life? Not what's the lowest hanging fruit, right? (laughs) Not what do I think I can get, right? Or not even what do I think is possible, but what do I really, really want? Yep. And then deciding that your desire matters because you matter to the world. That's another great self-quote. The desire matters because you matter. 
And how many times do people, you know, if we say to people, think big and now think, now think bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And have you ever been with people when you're doing this exercise and you're saying that you're saying think big and then, you know, they create their image of what it is, whether, you know, you're doing vision board work or even on paper with crayons. I, I do this with clients. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is it? What's your dream, right? Okay. Right. Now think bigger than that. And and it's interesting to see and when I say interesting, meaning I make note of when someone looks at you and they're like, I can really think bigger than that. Yes. Yeah. You can think as bigger as big as you want. The other thing I want to circle back on is you mentioned about how you can see the change. And and you said about, you know, you can actually experience it and see it. You can witness it. One of the things that I've witnessed with people is you can see the clarity of their eyes change. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're first, have you experienced this too, where you're first working with somebody and it's almost as if they have cloudy, like cloudiness on their eyes yeah. and their corneas aren't really shiny. You know, yes. like when you get, when your eyes get watery, how the eyes really shine like that. And I'll notice people and it's like, look at their eyes and it's almost like there's a veil. It's kind of cloudy. And then once they start doing this, the the breakthrough and the release shows up in their eyes and their eyes are like super shiny. Yeah. You know, yes. and it's so fascinating how the body works, the mind works and the energy with it works. It is so powerful. It's so powerful. People will acknowledge that people, you know, anxiety and depression and things like that have a chemical, you know, a chemical imbalance in the brain. The, the, that's survival mode. That happens because these events happen. These the events happen, the way that you respond to them and how you protect yourself from feeling those feelings is what's, what changes the chemicals in your body. And those chemicals change your body. Mm-hmm. And when you balance yourself and you find that love for yourself again, and maybe even sometimes when I say that, even love for yourself feels so far away, mm-hmm. but beginning the beginning stages of starting to appreciate yourself in a new way, appreciate your strength, appreciate that even though you really don't like it when people say, oh my gosh, you're so strong because you don't want to be strong because you don't want any of the stuff to have happened to you. Right. You can really begin to appreciate. I did get through something really difficult. I, I did. And I have. Yes. Yes, I did. And I have. There's a and warrior I, strength with it. Yes. Then a survival strength. I don't think people give themselves enough credit. Agreed. Especially women. We don't give ourselves enough credit, which is another reason why we like having women come on the show, because it's like we want to support other women practitioners. One of the things that you you mentioned about in in your work is about the deeper sense of self-worth. How does, so we're talking about love with ourself. How can we take love for ourself and take it a deeper level and healing for ourself? How does that fit in? When you think about how you would, what you would do for someone you really loved, for someone you really love and what you would figure out for them, what you would help, what would you, how would you would lock arms with them and help them find a solution to feel better, to be better, to love themselves? What kind of things that you would suggest that they do for themselves? What kind of ways that they would speak to themselves and treat themselves? 
and then recognizing that you don't just have to take care of other people, that all those things that you would do for that person that you love, you get to do them for yourself. Mm -hmm. And realizing that a lot of the things that we think of as self-care are maintenance. Yes. They are, you know, oh, I'm going to get my hair cut or I'm going to get a massage or I'm going to the doctor. Those things are self-love and self-care. Yes, they are. They're also maintenance. That's like mm-hmm. the minimum, right? Right. The bare minimum that we can be doing. What else sparks your energy, your creativity? What what do you need? How do you have fun? How do you tr- begin to trust yourself more? How do you connect with other people? What lights you up and giving yourself more of that? I love that. What lights you up? So yeah. to the listener that's here right now, thank you again for being with yeah. us. The yeah. question becomes, and we're going to have this quote in our summary bio for this episode, Rebecca, because I think this is a really important point that you're make- making for folks, is identifying the stuff that you're doing that's maintenance mm-hmm. and identifying the stuff of what lights you up. And are you doing more maintenance? How can you be doing more light you light that lights you up? I love yeah. that phrase. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. true. When you when you're lit up, when someone's lit up, I mean, it reminds I love baseball. Okay. I know we were talking about this. Baseball lights me up. I cannot tell you how excited I am about tomorrow. I have this <laughs> sweater on, and honest to goodness, I thought. Now you got to you got to put your Red Sox shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's really I'm superstitious. It's like, no, really that's tomorrow. You know, <laughs> but it it lights me up. I mean, it, it is there's something about baseball, going to the game, watching it on TV, being even around people that yeah, I'm going to say it that are Yankees fans, it's okay. I just it lights me up. That game lights me up, the sport lights me up, the fans, the players, all the like garbage that goes along with it, the trades that you just go, why did you do that? Like, hello, you know what I mean? But it all lights me up. Even outside right now, we're in the middle of a snowstorm. Gosh, it's so pretty out. It's like, grab your camera, take some pictures. What lights you up? And if there's people around you that don't add to that lighting up right have you seen that illustration of it's like the two lighters and the one doesn't light and you know it's like two bic lighters and no we're not getting compensated by bic but hey guess what you want to sponsor the podcast (laughs) rebecca and i are all about that because we light our incense right yeah (laughs) but it's the two lighters and one doesn't light and the guy or the it's actually a guy who's doing it in the illustration and he takes the lighter and he flips up the flame like this and it lights the other one it's like when someone is around you and they light you up and they're lighting up, but you're lighting up. Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing right there. So what that's lights you powerful. up? Listen to Rebecca. She's saying what lights you up? Yeah. This lights me up. You light me up. It's awesome. The messages Love that it. you're sharing, the work that you're doing, and it's really not work. I think that's the other thing that I want people to understand is you do this as a calling. This is a mm-hmm. purpose. It is not yeah. a task. Tests no. don't light us up. It Our energizes purpose. me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So what's and the next phase for you then with your practice and and working with, with women, whether it's with finance or hypnosis and working with other people? What's what's next on the horizon for, for you, Rebecca? Ooh, so I'm in development of a group a group program. So I do a lot of one-on-one work and I have a a course, 
um, that really speaks to creating abundance in all areas of your life. And because it's all connected. And um, so more, more of the same, more joy, more, more experiences, more, just more of all this good stuff. And um, I think there's going to be another book coming out this year. Pretty sure it's going to come out this year. And um, even a children's book is going to be coming out soon. Yeah. Oh, I think that's wonderful. Well, you'll have to let us know. So then we can have you come back on the show and um, talk about, talk about your books. I love working with kids. Kids are really fun. Yeah. They, they, um, they add joy kids and animals. I I mean, I love people just, you know, seniors too, and regular people, but when you're working with kids, I'll tell you what, they say the funniest thing. Oh yeah, they do. (laughs) And you can't help but say, did you actually really just say that? (laughs) Yes, you did. And you know what? I love it. (laughs) You know, because they do when you're um, working with mindfulness with kids. This is so relaxing. I don't want to move. Can I just stay here? It's like, yes, you know what? (laughs) Yes, yes, you can. And I love it. And they teach us so much about asking for what we need. Exactly. Don't they? Yeah. Kids will tell us, right? Now, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. And yeah. and they're okay with it. And I think that's another key takeaway here with what you were mentioning about peeling back the layers, those questions. It really is about reconnecting with yourself, loving yourself, expanding that love, and being aware of what are your needs. Yeah. What do you what do you really want from life? And what do you need right now? Especially when we're having those thoughts and we're not feeling good, going back to some of the points and earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. What are three other little things that you would think, hey, you know what, before we conclude, I want to make sure that the PTSD and beyond audience really gets these three nuggets. What are those last three things? Mm -hmm. The three nuggets are really in those spaces where you would put judgment, find a thought that is loving. So it's kind of a two-parter. Pay attention to what lights you up, just like how much baseball lights up Dr. Deb. (laughs) Find that thing because that feeds your inner child. And we need play. We oh, were gosh. in a fun deficit before the pandemic. And now the, the accounts are like really bad, right? So finding your fun, just that is such a gift to yourself. And really the most loving thing that you can do is to create a life that you love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rebecca, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Deb. I appreciate it so much. We'll have you back for sure to talk about your books. This is exciting. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, this is Dr. Deb with PTSD and beyond. You know what I'm going to ask for? I ask it all the time. I'm like that persistent teenager. Continue to give us those five-star ratings. We greatly appreciate it. And I love the comments too. So thank you for those that are putting comments along with those ratings. And as always, take what resonates and go beyond. 